Brenda. All right, back to Revelation chapter number 21 and 22. And as we read a moment ago that in heaven, we don't, there's no night there. Uh, there's no um, sun. Uh, Jesus is the light. Uh, and he lights up the place with his Shekinah glory. And, and, and so when you think of, uh, well, but somebody's like, when I get to heaven, I'm just going to go down do a little night fishing. Uh, and they're in the creek that runs right next to my heavenly mansion that God has given me. And it's filled with brook trout and, uh, and rainbow trout. There'll be no night fishing. Why? Because there's no night. All right, and, uh, and so people say things, and I realize why they say what they say. And, and we think of, uh, of heaven as being a wonderful place. And in fact, we know, and we'll read here a little bit, it's a place where God wipes all the tears uh, from our eyes. We get a glorified body. But even we think of the timeline, some of those things happen a little bit later in, uh, in the, uh, the prophetical uh, timeline. But uh, as a pastor, I think a lot about life and death because I'm exposed to it uh, more so. Um, I mean, we all are. Every day we turn the television on, uh, we, we hear of, uh, of just tragic death and uh, in loss of life, and, uh, and so we're exposed to it. Uh, many of you, how many, how many have been uh, actually at the bedside of somebody who has gone on uh, and passed on, all right? Um, that's more than I thought there would be, and, and so uh, I've, I've got to do that countless, countless times in hospice care and people's homes and uh, in, in other different things. I've been present uh, where uh, people have gone on to be with the Lord. They love the Lord. Uh, that was their testimony, and uh, they're saved and have made a profession of faith. And, and it was a joyous homegoing where uh, grace, the grace of God was evident. Uh, there was a peace that was there because they know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And, and, and so it's, it, those are wonderful times to be able to spend with people uh, and family members. And it's why we celebrate life or we have a memorial. We don't usually called a, a funeral for a Christian memorial service uh, because it's a reunion. They're going to heaven. It's a better place. And we hope to one day see them uh, again because that's where we're going if we're a child of God. So we speak of reunions and we're encouraged by, uh, by heaven. Uh, and precious in the sight of the Lord uh, is the death of his saints, the Bible says. And there's no sting in death. We realize that. And if you're saved today, um, you know, the process of death may be a scary prospect, you know, things to think about. There's ways that you would want to go. Uh, I always kid, I'd like to go while I'm preaching, just, just drop over dead while I'm preaching. That'd be awesome. Be terrible for you. Uh, it'd be kind of maybe traumatic for some of you. I don't know. Uh, but if but if I could choose, I'd be preaching and just just like that and off to glory. I'd rather I'd rather that happen than anything else. And there's other terrible ways of course a person could could pass. But I think about it a lot because I deal with it uh, not just abstractly through what I would see in media. Uh, but um, daily uh, in many respects as I talk with people and, uh, and I meet it with people. I met with, uh, uh, with Alma uh, this week and we talked about uh, her memorial and she was picking songs. She's like, I like this song and, I, and this person will sing this one and, and this verse should be a cappella. Uh, and she said, when you preach, I want you to preach a hard salvation message. I said, gotcha. Uh, I'll preach a hard salvation message. I'll preach harder than I normally do just because you said you wanted it to be a hard salvation message. But we can plan because we know inevitably we all, um, we're all going to die. And uh, and as a Christian, we have hope. We don't live as those that have no hope. 
Uh, so so we, we can plan those things and we can do so with joy, like we're planning a vacation or uh, like we're planning other things because there's no sting in it. It's, it we know that it's, uh, it's the end of this life here, but we have eternal life uh, and uh, everything, body, soul, and spirit, and all that takes place. We don't have time to get into all of that, but we know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and we, we comfort one another uh, with the words of Scripture about uh, the rapture and the second coming uh, and other things. Uh, so we, we plan those things. Now, um, I don't know. The Bible says we're encompassed about by a great cloud of witnesses, uh, but we've somehow been convinced that the people that die before us are kind of watching everything that we do. Uh, and, uh, and we get that from Hebrews uh, in a way, but we don't know if that's true or not. And uh, we, we know that uh, the body uh, of someone who's passed on, the body's there, they're no longer there. Uh, they've gone one of two places. They've either gone to heaven uh, with the Lord uh, or they've gone to hell. That's what the Bible teaches. There's only two. There's no middle ground. And I think even Catholicism confuses that with purgatory. There's no purgatory in the Bible, but uh, the Bible does say that uh, that somebody who dies without Christ goes to hell, but then later on we'll read the Bible says that hell is cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. Uh, and, uh, and so maybe somehow they conflate uh, that period of time into to what they do, but there's no scriptural uh, backing for all of that. Nobody can pray you into heaven. Amen. All right. Uh, if you come up to me and say, Pastor, uh, my loved one died, uh, and, and I will give you uh, $5,000 if you'd pray them out of purgatory. Um, I'll think about it really hard uh, for a couple of minutes, and I'll say, okay, no, I can't do that. There is no purgatory, uh, and I won't take your money uh, and, uh, and pray for your loved one to get into heaven. Uh, we, we, we live uh, and we die uh, for the Lord, uh, and uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with Him. If we're saved, uh, we're separated from God uh, in death, uh, in sin, if we are not saved. And those are the greatest realities of life. And uh, so recently, you know, I've had been thinking about that. I've been having meetings with people uh, while we were at youth camp. There was news of, uh, of uh, a man that had took his own life uh, in Oregon. And um, there's been, you know, people that have been diagnosed with, uh, with cancers. And I'm thinking about vacation Bible school, the value of a soul, the effort, the labor, the finances that go into all of that. And why do we do that? So that we can see one young person get born again. We hope and pray that more do. Uh, but if just one does, then uh, it's worth it. Uh, but, uh, it. But I've been also thinking about this, the kind of general disinterest and apathy of Christians concerning the issues of life and death. Um, I went into, um, we have a, a room in the back that used to be Brother Ben's office, Brother Ed's office, uh, and, and uh, now it's Alexander's office. We've got to put him, he has a table in there. We've got to get him a desk in there. Uh, and, uh, but on one of the shelves, there's just a big um, section of, uh, of soul winning um, class books uh, and then the workbooks and stuff that go with. There's a bunch of them that are in there. And I thought, man, I, why do we have all those on there? I mean, we buy them for the classes, and we've had the classes, but uh, for me, it's like, okay, we have all these things, and we need to teach more people to be soul winners. But when we have soul winning classes, we, we tend to have the same people sign up. Uh, they go through that, and, uh, and, uh, and we, we're excited about it, and then the excitement wears off, and we have just as many people that go soul winning as there was before we had the class. Uh, and why is that? 
uh, is to be busy. You know, we're busy with life. I, I understand, you know, and, and I've even said this a million times. Uh, you, don't, you do not have to come to organize soul winning at a local church to be a soul winner. All right. So I don't base that, you know, here these people are there. These are the only soul winners in our church. I know that's not true. People tell me that they're witnessing to their coworkers and family members, all of that. So, but I still would like you to come to organize soul winning. Uh, and uh, many, many hands make uh, light work and we can cover more areas. And, uh, and it just happens that the more you witness, the more people you see saved. Uh, and God uses us. Uh, and uh, we, this is a non-Calvinistic church. Uh, we, we take the gospel to people. They, they have a free will to choose uh, or, or not. Uh, we give the gospel. The Lord does what he does. And now, uh, saying all this by way of introduction, and I do have a lot of scriptures to, to cover uh, here this morning, uh, but while we were at uh, the, the wedding, there are people here still visiting uh, from the wedding, and if you're visiting with us today, uh, thank you so much for being here, and we have uh, uh, the Gilberts are back visiting with us as well, and uh, if you're a first-time visitor, I hope you come back uh, again and again. Uh, but uh, when we're at the wedding and uh, was doing the, uh, doing all the stuff and f- focused in on the wedding, <coughs> it was hot and uh, outside and and uh, all that. And I almost almost forgot to have people seated again. Uh, and uh, but I remembered uh, and had them be seated. Uh, but at the end of the service, and I had gone to uh, to um, uh, sign the marriage certificates and stuff and. I looked at my phone and I had missed a call and it said something Florida uh, right before the service and I you know I just put it away <clears throat> and so at the end I I, uh, I my phone was getting blown up so I had a text from my sister and said have you talked to Uncle Mike and I'm like you know no I I didn't what's up and she says you know can I call you and so I've been around a, a while I know that something's up and something's probably not good and so I'm thinking well if my uncle Mike was calling maybe you know something happened with his wife or uh, my cousins or whatever and uh, man anyways <coughs> uh, <coughs> been crying for weeks i'm more i'm more tired of it than you are <laughs> <coughs> anyways so what it was, was my Uncle Steve, uh, my dad's brother. My dad was the oldest of three brothers. And so my dad died in 1997, uh, had a heart attack, <coughs> and uh, I don't believe he was saved. I preached his funeral. It was the first funeral I ever preached. And uh, so then Steve is the second brother. So my Aunt Char went somewhere <coughs> shopping came home, he was dead, <clears throat> just laying there, and uh, apparently that's the way he wanted to go, he wanted to go quick, and my cousin Jamie had said something about, you know, him going the way that he'd want to go, and, 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 and again, uh, people want to go different ways, and I'd rather, I'd rather just go than, than, than to, uh, you know, to, to linger. Um, <clears throat> so the news was Steve had died. Stever is what we refer to him, Uncle Steve. And he was, you know, um, uh, the middle of those three. So if you've seen pictures of me with my Uncle Mike recently, um, that's how I'm going to look when I'm older. <laughs> so 
So I got that news. So then immediately, <clears throat> well, they're calling family, which, which you should do, call family and whatever. But at some point, um, you know, you've called who you can and you've got to let people know. And so then they, they posted on uh, the Internet that he had passed and some photos and uh, some different things. In fact, that's how CJ, CJ got home from camp. and He's like, oh, I saw the post. And, and many people, and they apologized. He's like, sorry, we, we've tried to let people know, uh, but here, here has what happened. And that's just the, the way that it is. And sometimes, uh, you know, you, you get a knock on the door from the sheriff's department. They inform you uh, to all of a sudden you hear through the grapevine. Uh, that someone has passed. And it really isn't like, oh, um, how come nobody told me? I think that uh, it's terrible when people, you know, make stuff all about themselves uh, instead about what's going on. So I said, okay, Steve had died <coughs> and probably a heart attack, and, and, uh, uh, which, uh, which that's just the Reno way, and that's why I always get checked out. Uh, my dad died at 45. I'm 50. Uh, I am on, I'm living on borrowed time is what I tell my wife, you know, uh, you know enjoy, enjoy it now <laughs> while you have it, uh, and pray for her. Hopefully she'll be here tonight uh, for the services as she's recovering uh, from surgery. So uh, so immediately then people say, praying for you, and they'll, all the things that people would say. And one of the things that people always say, regardless of someone's spiritual condition, is R.I.P., rest in peace. Uh, and, uh, and we do that um, often because we don't really often, what do, we, what do you say uh, to somebody who has lost a loved one? Um, you know, we say we're pray- people, people who they don't even know the Lord, they don't even go to church, they're praying for you. And so they probably aren't praying at all, but it just seems like a nice thing to say. It's a comforting thing to say. And by the way, if you tell somebody you're going to pray for them, then pray for them. All right. Uh, that would, uh, would be good. So say rest in peace, RIP. And by the way, you can, you, you can, and I, I don't know the spiritual condition of my uncle. I know uh, that he heard the gospel as plain as I could give it uh, at my dad's funeral. Uh, and, I mean, I didn't soft soap anything. And uh, <clears throat> I didn't say my dad was in hell, um, but I did say that um, he knows everything that I told him as I witnessed him is true. And uh, whether he's in hell or in heaven, I hope that he, you know, called on the name of the Lord and got saved. I don't know. Um, but... Uh, more than likely, my dad uh, was not saved. And so if that's true, um, there's no reunion for me and my dad. Okay, I'm going to heaven. Not because I'm a good person, but because of what this book says. <clears throat> so RIP, rest in peace. And then, it, and then <clears throat> one of the posts said, seems like you went the way that you wanted to go. Then they said this, all my, all my family, my dad and uncles, everybody hunts and fish, and that's how I spent most of my time with my Uncle Steve, uh, was hunting, and, uh, which I <clears throat> haven't done for 20-some years. So... Um, But here's what one of my cousins said. He says, we hope you're running dogs. He, my uncle Steve, after he retired from the railroad, 
Um, my dad worked on the railroad. My uncle worked on the railroad. <coughs> my, his younger brother and his wife were both, I don't know, 50 years or whatever in the post office, just retired. They just celebrated their 50th anniversary, uh, wedding anniversary. So they said, we hope that you're running dogs, you know, bird dogs. Uh, he would train them. He would board them. That's what he did after retirement. And he just stopped doing that. They were going to um, sell their house and move into the, into the city uh, to not have to push snow and other things. Or, so we hope that you're running dogs, shooting some birds, uh, and catching a few steelhead. All right. Uh, so steelheading, that's, that's a fun thing. We always did that, uh, all of us together. And uh, so they said, you know, rest in peace. We hope that you're running dogs, shooting birds, and catching some steelhead. Because that's what people think. They think heaven is a place that you go and you get to do all the things that you enjoyed doing uh, while you're here on earth. And, uh, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm all for killing critters and eating them. I, 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 I just, you know, um, I'm all for that. Uh, I, but um, in heaven, we, we, we don't know all that's there. But if there are birds, we're probably not killing them. All right, we're probably not shooting them. Uh, I don't think, you know, uh, you know, it's a gun-free zone or whatever. I just, things are different in heaven, all right, than they are here. Would you just agree, all right? So, so if, you know, if my Uncle Steve's there, he's probably not steelheading and running dogs and shooting birds, all right? And again, I don't know what his spiritual condition is. I know I've witnessed him. I know he's come to plenty of church services. Uh, whenever I go back, I say, I'm, gonna, I'm here, I'm preaching. Family would come there. He's heard the gospel from me several times uh, since I've been a Christian. And, uh, but what does the Bible say about heaven? Um, we can read, and, and we can't for all of the time, but look in chapter number 21. Uh, the first part just says, Verse 1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, this is John the Revelator, he, God's given him a vision uh, of heaven, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God, out of heaven prepared as a bride. If you're, if you're wondering who the bride of Christ is, the Bible's clear about who the bride of Christ is. Uh, it's those who are in the new Jerusalem, those who are saved. That means, not to get too crazy theologically, um, there are people in heaven who are saved Catholics, Lutherans, saved uh, Methodists, uh, saved nothing. You know, they never went to church. People who are saved go to heaven. All right? So, and if you're, if you're absent from this body, you are presently in uh, that new city, that heaven, that Jerusalem, which is in heaven. And the Bible says later on it descends and, and comes down. Uh, and scriptures talk about the earth being burnt up. Uh, with fire and everything else. There's lots of great uh, uh, theological study and speculative things. Uh, and, uh, but here it's, uh, here, here's the bride, the lamb's wife. So uh, I'm not too smart, uh, but if I'm trying to figure out who the bride of Christ is, I can read that yeah. and say, well, that, that's the bride of Christ. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and he shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. 
and, uh, and, and, and he says he's the Alpha and the Omega uh, in talking about the water of life. Verse 7, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my God. And then uh, verse number 8 says, But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable, and it runs down a list of things, uh, it talks about will have their part in the, the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And it's almost parenthetical in the passage of Scripture. Says, here's what's going to happen, and here's the city, here's heaven and the New Jerusalem, and it says these people will have no part in that, uh, and that's verse number eight. All right, uh, and uh, and there came unto me verse nine uh, of one of the seven angels which had seven vials full of seven of the last plagues, and talked with me saying, come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. All right, another clue uh, as to who the bride of Christ is. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain. Uh, and then he describes what he saw. Uh, in verse 12, And a wall great and high, and twelve gates, and the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. So as a, as a Christian, look at me here, uh, we, we, we wonder, what is heaven, what's heaven like? Uh, what does it look like? And, uh, and we've heard people say, we walk streets of gold and gates of pearl and things. And we get that from this passage of Scripture. So God himself is showing John, uh, the Apostle John, heaven uh, in Revelation. Uh, and he's, he's seeing this and he's communicating by inspiration of God. He's describing what this place looks like. All right. So it's 12 gates and 12 angels and their names on there. Uh, on the east three gates, and on the north three gates, and on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And so you can start to think of, uh, you know, twelve tribes, and, uh, and we have twelve apostles, and there's a lot of numerology in the Bible, and we see, we can imagine gates uh, and the names of the twelve apostles uh, that are there. Um, one would be Paul, not Judas. All right. Uh, and, uh, and he talked with me and had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square and the length is large and the breadth. And he speaks of this and, uh, and, uh, and the measured the wall thereof in hundred and forty and four cubics according to the measure of, of man. So he describes the walls, what's on the walls, how high the walls are, the dimensions of the city. And Sunday school, I, I just briefly said we can, we can figure out the dimensions of the, of the New Jerusalem. And, uh, and I pointed out the fact uh, that of the billions and billions and billions and billions of people that have lived and walked this earth, not everybody's going to be there. Not everybody goes to heaven. Uh, and uh, he gave us a clue as to some who won't be uh, in verse number 8. Uh, and, he, and he also tells us who will be in this passage of Scripture, but he's describing it. It's not a place where I can ride my Harley or my Uncle Steve can fish steelhead uh, on his own private river. Uh, that runs. If, if 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 that was like that, it would be like it would like run through your living room, you know, and uh, and and all the things you just you know. I get to eat all these things I like and whatever. Um, God doesn't describe heaven that way. Hollywood does. We 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 conjure up in our mind an image of heaven that isn't necessarily biblical. And so he describes the length and et cetera and measures of the walls and the buildings of the walls were of jasper and the city was of pure gold like unto clear glass. Like, you know, gold that is so pure it's translucent. 
Uh, and uh, and uh, the city was garnished with all manners of precious stones, verse 19. The first foundation, jasper, the second, sapphire, and runs down through a list of precious uh, jewels and gems that are there. And the 12 gates were 12 pearls. And uh, like he says, the gates were pearls. And he had described the gates. Are you following me? And, uh, and man, them some, those some big oysters. Uh, and, uh, and again, transparent glass. He saw no temple there. Uh, verse number 22, For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. The city had no need of sun, neither of moon, to shine. The glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. Uh, and the kings of earth do bring their glory and honor into it, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, and there shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations to it, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And so God describes in chapter 22 uh, and uh, chapter number 21, we read in the Bible that, uh, that uh, in heaven dwells righteousness. Uh, we read in John 14, in my Father's house are many mansions. And, uh, and if it were not so, I would have told you God's preparing a place uh, for us. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, but it has... It, it, but but as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither uh, have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them. So God's revealed some things, uh, but we don't know all of it. We know that it's going to be wonderful. And we know that we're going to be with and see our Savior face to face. And that uh, we get a glorified body. Uh, and God describes it as paradise to the thieves on the cross. Uh, he says in Hebrews 11 uh, that it is, it, uh, we desire a better country. Uh, we're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Uh, I'm saved. I know I'm going there. I want to go there. I can't wait to go there. Uh, and, uh, but it isn't, um, it isn't a lot of things that we think it, that it is, that we just imagine. But it's a wonderful place. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and uh, we can, I couldn't even, uh, couldn't even describe it to you. Uh, I wouldn't even have the words to give you uh, to describe how wonderful and beautiful. All the, all the things that we hold so, do, uh, so dear here, we walk on uh, when, when, we're, when we're there. Uh, and uh, and all, all, of, all of its beauty and splendor. And the most beautiful thing is that Jesus is there. Uh, and uh, in his Shekinah glory, uh, it's like, you know, it's not even, it's not summertime in Alaska <laughs> where, it does, where there's no night. Uh, it's not like that. Uh, it is, there, there's, there's no need of it. God just brings light to the whole place. And uh, you say, well, when are we going to sleep? We're going to have to sleep with, when it's all light all the time? I don't know. We probably aren't going to need to sleep. Uh, glorified bodies and all that we do. And we're going to be busy worshiping the Lamb. Uh, and, you, and, and, and by the way, uh, you, you, can't, you can't stand being in church for an, one hour every Sunday. I, I would say just start getting used to it. Amen. If you're, if you're a, a believer, you're going to be in church for eternity. Amen. All right? And you're going to love it. And, uh, and there's no praise and worship man uh, in everything else. All right? Uh, so, um, God describes it, uh, and he says that um, the people that are there are the saved of the nations, and it says, they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. All right, let's go back to chapter number 20, verse number 11. So, God describes heaven, 
in, 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 in detail, uh, not all the detail, uh, but it's a place, if you're saved, that's where you go. Uh, and uh, you go to be with him, and you have eternal life. You live in heaven. Uh, the tree of life is there, the river of life. Uh, just all the saints uh, of God um, and, and angels and the, 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 the throne, uh, and, it's, and God describes it, and we, and we want to go there. And the older we live and the more our bodies begin to fail us, uh, the prospects of heaven are greater and greater in our hearts and minds, and we, we long to be there. I talk with people and say, I'm done being here. Uh, and this old body, and I just, I just I want to I wanna go to heaven, and, uh, and that's, that's what they desire. And it should be ours. And, and, we, and we should desire that. We might not want it to happen today. Uh, but, but heaven, we should, we, we should desire and want to go there. All of God's people said, and God describes it. But he also, in, um, in, you found your place there. He also describes hell uh, in, in the Bible. And, and you don't need to turn there for sake of time, and we'll read from here in a second. But the Bible says this in Matthew 13, verses 40 to 42. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth His angels, and they shall gather out of His kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. The Bible describes hell in Luke, probably one of the more popular or more familiar passage of, uh, of, uh, of the man in Abraham's bosom. In verse 22 it says, And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. So God describes hell as a place of weeping, a gnashing of teeth, a place of tor- torment, an eternal torment, where, where just, just a, a drop of water on a finger on the tongue would bring such relief. Uh, from the torment of hell. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, we know, uh, the Bible says, hell doth enlarge itself in Isaiah. We, here in the paradise in Sheol and Hades, uh, the Bible teaches us that there was a, a paradise side and a, a hell side. And Jesus, when he, uh, before he ascended, he descended and he brought captivity captive. And we believe that in those three days and three nights, he went to Sheol and he got all the Old Testament saints. Hell enlarged itself. Uh, and, uh, and they are encompassed about heaven, and they're a cloud of witnesses, etc. cetera. Uh, and, uh, and at some point, hell uh, and heaven, um, they're, they're, done, they're done away. We just read a little bit about that. Hell is cast into a lake of fire. There's a new heaven. There's a new earth. The new Jerusalem comes down. Uh, wonderful, wonderful stuff in the Bible. Heaven, for those who are saved. Hell, for those who are not saved. Uh, and uh, the Bible says in verse 20, or excuse me, Revelation 20, uh, verses 14 and 15, Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth uh, an example of suffering and vengeance of eternal fire. Uh, excuse me, that was Jude 7. Uh, and uh, Revelation 20 says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and that's where we're at here. We're going to read uh, here in a second. Now, um, not everybody goes to heaven. Um, heaven is real, and there aren't 
multiple ways to get there. Okay, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's only one way to heaven, and that's by Jesus Christ. It's by being saved uh, by grace through faith, and not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's through Him. Uh, and, uh, and not to get into it, uh, and God is a sovereign God. I believe in, uh, um, that God has predestined us. Uh, we are elect to be conformed to His image. God had a purpose and a plan and all of that. Uh, I don't think that God predestines in a Calvinistic way people to heaven and hell. He gives us the choice to accept Him as Savior or to reject Him. Um, and uh, those who are saved, the Bible says their name is written in the Lamb's book of life. All right? Now, the Lamb's book of life is sealed. Um, so uh, even when we sing, um, I, I've not stopped singing it, but it's, it's not a scriptural song. When the Bible says, a new name is written down in glory and it's mine. Um, the Lamb's book of life, you know, when Bob Reno got saved, um, Jesus didn't, didn't open up the Lamb's book of life and write my name in it. Amen. The Lamb's book of life is sealed. My name is in it. Uh, and when the book of, of God, the Lamb of, uh, of God is opened up, the names that are blotted out um, are those who don't go to heaven. All right, that's how the scriptures. It's deep and it's theological. And, and how God works out the free will of man and the sovereignty of God and all of that. It's like I look at the gates uh, of heaven uh, and, and I see uh, uh, on, the, on the top of the gate, I imagine to say, whosoever will may come. Uh, and then as if I walk through those gates into heaven and I look back at the gate and maybe uh, it'll say those who are saved from the foundation of the world. But in our finite mind, we can't, we can't grasp all of that. Um, and all the word of God teaches us that, uh, that uh, with a heart man believeth in the righteous, with mouth confessions man is salvation, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It just so happens uh, when that Lamb's book of life is opened up theologically, uh, my name is written down because I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Somebody who, who rejects Christ in their life and doesn't get saved when that Lamb's book of life is open, the Bible says that their names are jotted out. Your name's not found in there. So who goes to heaven? The people whose names are in that book. That's what the Word of God says. How do you get your name in that book? If it's there, it's there. But what, what we understand uh, is that we, we realize that we're a sinner in need of a Savior. Uh, and the Holy Spirit of God brings conviction to our heart. The Bible calls it uh, godly sorrow. And we realize that without Christ, because the Bible says that, um, well, verse 27 of chapter number 21 of Revelation, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. Uh, we read in verse number 8 of, of, of chapter number 21, but the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars. You say that, I, I'm not on that list. Well, you just, you just hit it with liars. Uh, and which shall have their part in lake of fire, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is a second death. It's, here's what we need to understand all about that. God will not allow sin into heaven. Sin must be dealt with. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Sin has to be paid for. We pay for our sin ourselves by going to hell, or we accept the gift of propitiation, justification from Jesus for, through His shed blood. He paid my sin debt for me. I accept that by faith, and I place my trust in Christ 
uh, because he is the way. He shed his blood for me to be saved. I either pay for my sin in hell myself or I accept the payment that Jesus made on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. Uh, And he did that for me and he did that for you. You say, where are you getting at with all of this? Where I'm getting at is that this stuff is real. And, you know, a a lot of you just said amen. And and, and I, I know your heart for the most part. And you believe what this book says. But it doesn't motivate the vast majority of Christians to be a witness. It just doesn't. People that you love, you, you in this room right now, are going to go to one of two places. You're either going to go to heaven because you're saved, you're going to go to hell because you're not. And, and, if, and, and if all of a sudden you just walk out of this parking lot and drop dead, because none of us have a promise for tomorrow. My Uncle Steve got up from the kitchen table uh, and walked and died at the top of the basement stairs. I, I don't know if he knew he was sick. I don't know. When my dad died, uh, he was laying on the couch, had his stuff laid out for work uh, for the next day, uh, and uh, he rolled off the couch, was dead on the floor between the couch and the coffee table. Just like that, out into eternity. Uh, uh, my, what is it? Um, uh, uh, well, heart uh, uh, in, infarction, myocardial infarction, is what the, the autopsy said. None of us have a promise for tomorrow. Just like that. I've got people that I love put, white, put fire, uh, wood in the fireplace and died right in front of the fireplace of a, of a brain aneurysm. On Christmas, everybody's downstairs playing, open presents or whatever. Just go stoke up the fire, put that on there, and off into eternity. I can give you a thousand examples. <clears throat> None of us has a promise for tomorrow. But the word of God is clear. If you're a believer, you go to heaven. Uh, If you're an unbeliever, you go to hell. God will not allow sin into heaven. God will not let you into heaven because you're a a good person. God will not let you in heaven because you don't have all the stuff on this list or whatever. You know there are a lot of good people who aren't whoremongers and murderers and sorcerers and and are are honest and 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 they don't lie. But without Jesus, they'll split hell wide open when they die. I know a lot of good, good men and women who, of, of, of character um, who have died and went to hell because they've rejected Christ. So I don't know where my uncle is. I hope uh, that, uh, that he understood that he was a sinner and that he asked Jesus to save him. Somewhere along the line in all these years as I've witnessed to him or other people have witnessed to him. I do know he's not fishing or running dogs and shooting birds. If he is there, he's worshiping the God of heaven. Uh, and, uh, and a day is a thousand years, a thousand years is a day and with the Lord. And, and I don't know that there's nothing in the Bible that says the people that go on. We, we always say that, you know, I just think so-and-so is watching me. And, and then some people like, you know, so-and-so talked to me. And, uh, or, you know, a bird landed on my bird feeder. And, you know, all this stuff that people talk about. And I just smile. I, we don't know. Um, but, you know, and I think about this way. If, if people that have gone on before us presently because what happens in Revelation 21 hasn't happened yet, 
So, so when it says, and God shall wipe away the tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, nor either. I would just have to think, and if people could see, if the people that we know and love are in heaven, and they could see us right now, it would break their heart. Like, like, why aren't you telling people? They'd probably be like, you know, the guy in Luke 16, like, go tell my brothers. And what did Jesus say? He said, you know, if, if, if they won't believe the book, they won't believe the word, they're not going to believe though someone come, came from the dead. But his concern was, tell my, tell my brothers. Everybody who dies, whether they go to heaven or hell, wishes that everybody that they loved knew that heaven and hell were real. But just think about yourself. When's the last time you told anybody about that? <clears throat> When's the last time you RIP'd somebody you knew was on their way to hell? But you, you didn't want to offend people or whatever. You saw so rest in peace or pray for you or whatever. And people need the gospel. Well, we'll see him one day. Will you? Well, we'll see him one day, uh, Bobby, call me Bobby. One day we'll see him, and one day we'll run dogs together. Will you? Will you be there? You say, what do you mean? Is your name in the book of life? Have you trusted Jesus Christ, your personal Savior? If you haven't, you will not be there. You will be in hell. And it's not a party. It's not some place you go and hang out with your friends. I've had people tell me that. Well, I'm just going to die and go to hell and, and just party with my friends. No, uh, it's weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's people who, who, who have cancer, their body's ridden with cancer, and they die, uh, and, uh, and they're in hell in, in more torment. No glorified body for them because they've, because they've, they've gone on into eternity without Jesus Christ, their personal Savior. It's somebody who's living their life in the throes of addiction who end up in a place without Jesus People who are addicted can get saved. But if they don't get saved, the Bible says that hell is a place where the worm dieth not. You know what that means? That means that the temptations that you have in your life, the lust uh, and the addiction and everything else, you'll, you, it, you'll have it for eternity. It'll always be there and won't go away. This, this darkness... Uh, uh, that you can't see through. If your friends are there, you can't see them. Maybe you'll be able to hear them screaming. See, that's scary. The Bible's scary. And I believe that that's a real place. And I also believe there are a lot of people that I love are there. In my Bible, I've said this before, if you're new here, <coughs> I have a, this is the obituary of my dad. And uh, if you want to see it, you can see it. I look just like him. Except better. <laughs> better. 
And uh, so he is 45 in this, and I thought he was old because of his health and everything else and his drinking, smoking. <clears throat> Anyways, I don't believe that my, dad is, my dad's in heaven. And uh, so I keep this in whatever Bible I'm using to remind me of that. Because <clears throat> it's real. <clears throat> so if you're here today and you're not saved, you don't know Jesus is your personal Savior, um, I hope that when we give the invitation, and by the way, we should all be soul winners. And if, there's some, if, I, if, I, if I ask you to raise your hand, that you're not saved and you raise your hand, I, I think the person who's next to you should see that and should just pull you out and talk to you and you should settle that today. There's not a, a person in this room that's worth dying and going to hell over. And um, so if you're here today and you're not saved, I hope you don't leave lost because you're just one heartbeat away from eternity and you will go to hell if, you don't, if you're not a born-again believer. Why well, go to church? None of that gets you to heaven. You can't, you can't go to heaven, a liar, a whoremonger, a fornicator, or whatever. Your sin has to be paid for, and it was through Jesus. You need to appropriate that by faith. And the Bible tells us how we do that. And, and somebody can show you that, again, from the Bible today. And you can leave here knowing. He says, these things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. Not a hope so. Somebody asked me, where are you going to go when you die? I'm going to go to heaven. Oh, you think you're real good? And blah. No, uh, Jesus paid it. He paid it all. And, uh, and it's, I'm not going to heaven because I'm a Baptist. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to heaven because I'm a preacher. I'm not going to heaven because, you know, I, I serve the Lord or whatever. I'm going to heaven because of what Jesus did for me. Amen. And that's the only way you can go. Amen. You can go find another church that tells you different. But you would, they would be wrong and you would be wrong. And, and, and you have sat through a service like this and you're with, absolutely without excuse. And, and to reject Christ and to walk out, um, I don't want that for you. But if you're here today and you are a Christian, um, I don't know how God can make heaven or hell more like real to you than what he's given us in his word or what it would take to, to ring your bell or whatever. Um, but the people that you sit around Thanksgiving dinner with or in the hunting shack with, um, without Jesus, they're going to go to hell. And, and you can have dinner after meeting, after reunion, after this, after that. And just keep your lips shut. <clears throat> they go off into eternity. And if there's one thing I think that I've imagined or whatever, when we stand, the Bible says we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And, uh, and people whose names are not found in that Lamb's book of life um, are, are going to be cast into the lake of fire, which the Bible says, which is the second death. Let's read it real quick. I'm, I'm almost done. I, I, I know uh, verse 11 of chapter 20. I saw a great white throne on him that sat on it, in whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. 
And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And, the, and they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire, which is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That is the destiny of every unbeliever. That is the destiny of every faithful churchgoer in whatever denomination you want to put over the top of that church who dies without Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, who is trusted in their works, who is trusted in their church, who is trusted in whatever, uh, if they've not placed their faith and trust fully in the finished work of Jesus Christ, the Bible says they will be cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. It is real as you are real uh, and sitting here today. Uh, and it says those that were in the hell already are taken out and cast in there. And, uh, and I don't know, I just, you know, I know this, if my, if my uncle Steve's not saved, at the, at the judgment seat of Christ, um, his blood's not on my hands because I've shared the gospel with him. But, you know, I'd have to think if, if I was standing there at the judgment seat of Christ and, uh, and I was your neighbor or your coworker, I'd be like, what's up? Why didn't you tell me? You didn't believe it? <clears throat> and by the way, if you think you believe it enough to get yourself there and you don't believe it enough to tell other people about it, there might be some kind of disconnect there. Here's my point. If you're lost today, get saved. If you're saved today, tell the lost. You're going to get a text. Hey, did you talk to Uncle Mike? And it didn't take me long. Somebody died. Just who is it? And, uh, and then all of a sudden, <coughs> my chance to witness to Uncle Steve is gone. And, and wherever he was at with his, with his spiritual condition is where he was at. And, um, and the only other opportunity I have even is to tell my family. And so <clears throat> you could be the person that everybody wonders whether you were saved or not at your funeral because you never made a public profession of faith. You never trusted. You never went to church. You know, what, uh, or, uh, you know, like, oh, they love the Lord, and this was his testimony, and we just believe that he's in heaven, she's in heaven. Uh, and uh, or, and you, can be, you can be the person who stands, and according to Ezekiel, whatever, and just the blood of, of, of person after person after person is on your hand because you just sat tight-lipped for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years as a Christian and never shared the gospel with the soul. And all you, can, all you can offer up to people at memorial services and funerals is, well, I, I hope, well, did you, you know, and I, I'll, I'll ask you, did you ever tell them or talk to them about, do you know of a time or did you, did you share the gospel? And I don't, countless people, it's like, no, I never, like, why didn't you? 
Well, they'll get mad at me. Who cares? I'd rather have somebody hate my guts for this vapored life than to go into hell or to be held accountable at the, at the judgment seat of Christ for having not witnessed to them. So are you saved and are you a witness? Two very important questions because they're both real places. And, if you, and if, you don't, if you don't believe that they are, then it, I hope to God that God makes it real to you right now and today. Let's all stand.